0: what's better than two professionals talking flyers hockey Two amateurs this is getting bullied a flyers hockey podcast now put the kids to bed and crank it up did we just become best friends yep podcast partner of philly is flyer.com this is getting bullied I am your host, Mark Janone, and with me, as always, my co-host, my partner in crime, the smartest person in hockey that I know from Phileas Flyer, Mister Dan Silver. Dan, what's going on? Yo, I must
1: be the only person you know in hockey, then. <laughs> but you know, I I'll take compliments when I can get them. Uh, you had a pretty busy weekend, huh? You were yeah. a little debauchery with the, with the being in the wedding, and you were you recovered?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean. I did. It took a while. Sunday was a bad day. Three straight days of drinking and, uh, you know, sending off a friend into marriage will will really – it'll take a couple years off your life. But I'm here feeling good, and what has me feeling good is the Philadelphia Flyers. The first time I think I've said that all season, the Flyers have me, the Flyers have you, the Flyers have the city of Philadelphia feeling good because a weekend that was – Reports getting debunked by other reports, and then more reports getting debunked by other reports, finally all came to a head on Monday. The rumors all weekend were that Dave Hackstall was out after horrendous games in Western Canada by the Flyers. Uh, the rumors were that... Haxall was out, Quinville was in. It was just we were waiting for the plane to land. People were tracking the Flyers plane from Vancouver to Philadelphia, which was it's a whole new level of fandom that I haven't seen before. And then I feel like
1: if you're like the government monitoring people, you know the government probably monitors like people who monitor airplanes to see like if there's some kind of threat, you know. Like, it's just, like, Al-Qaeda's, like, got 500 (laughs) operatives monitoring a plane. And, like, all of a sudden, like, they're tracking lights up for this plane that the Flyers are on. And they probably had, like, the alerts out. But it was just, you know, us crazy Flyers fans trying to see when that flight was going to land. Because, I don't know, did Flyers fans think that, like, when the flight was going to land, like, they were going to have, like, a press conference set up right outside on the little tarmac? Like, they'd walk out of the plane and they'd march Dave Axtall up to the to the uh, podium and say, Hey, he's fired. I mean, well, it was a little, little over the top. Everyone tracking that plane.
0: Well, you remember, um, I believe, I guess it was, who was it? The Islanders? Who did they fire and wouldn't let on the team bus to go back to the plane? No, it
1: was uh Gerard Gallant. I yeah.
0: Think. So Florida. yeah, you, people were saying, that's what it was, it was Florida. People were saying like, Oh, you know, maybe the flyers just strap a, uh, you know, a, a parachute to his back and, you know, kick his ass out the plane. But none of that Don't happened. But... Yeah. <laughs> so, the big news: Dave Hacksall on Monday fired by the Flyers. Um, no Joel Quinville, but what we do have is on an interim basis. Basis as of right now: former Phantoms head coach, now Flyers head coach, former Boston College Eagle, and rapper. Scott Gordon is now the interim head coach for the Flyers. Chuck Fletcher said in his press conference on Monday that he foresees Gordon to be the head coach for at least the remainder of the season. He says he doesn't know what he's looking for in a head coach for the team. And right now, everybody is a candidate. Scott Gordon is a candidate. Joel Quinville is a candidate. Me and you are candidates for the job, for the job to be Flyers head coach. Um. And the Flyers come out last night and they play a good game, three-two win against a bad Red Wings team. And the other big news, which we will get to very shortly, though it's not much of a surprise. Um, it was just a big. It was a big day all around for the Flyers yesterday. So, what did you see from Scott Gordon in his first, uh, his first head coaching day with the Flyers? Well,
1: you know, I tweeted out earlier that it's just following along with what Flyers fans are saying on Twitter, it is, and just the way that I feel personally, it's as if the entire fan base has been dosed with massive quantities of Prozac Yep. because everyone all season long, they win the first game of the year against Vegas, but it's just downhill from there. They get pummeled by the avalanche, pummeled by the sharks. They've been pummeled multiple times this season. So, Everyone's optimistic before the season, but the season starts, and it's just a disaster. Everyone's negative. We're cynical. Dave Haxtell's a horrible coach, blah, blah, blah. He's not playing the young kids enough. Um, And it just has not been fun being a Flyers fan so far this season. And finally, first they get rid of Ron Haxtell, which people were kind of – you know, a little lukewarm on and then some of the stories come out about him being a control freak and okay, maybe maybe it's good he's gone. The players can now have their chicken wings and their pizza and the alumni can get into the Flyers locker room after games. But really what everyone was waiting for was was for Dave Hackstall to get fired. And finally it happens. And not only that, but as we'll get into later, they also have scott gordon's first game as carter hart's first game and now it just feels like everyone is so positive might not be the right word but just relaxed it's like everyone all the flyers fans have been so tense all season long and we're just ready to criticize somebody we're ready to criticize the coach and now we've got a coach who comes in and one of the things that I love about Scott Gordon is that he's been the Phantoms coach for the last three seasons. So all of the young players that us fans are clamoring to get more playing time, Scott Gordon knows all these guys. Right. And so, for example, what happens last night is probably the number one guy that fans have been wanting to get more ice time is Travis Sandheim, who is an incredibly talented 22-year-old defenseman who, under Dave Haxtell, has been averaging 15 minutes of ice time and scott gordon who's coached travis sanheim ever since he joined the professional ranks for the phantoms elevates him to the top defense pairing with ivan Provorov. and travis sanheim played 21 minutes last night he was out there in big situations he's out there towards the end of the game and it's clear that scott gordon has confidence in him and will play him and not only that but Dave Axel always had big differentials in ice time between the top guys and the bottom guys, to the point where you'd have an Oscar Lindblom playing four or five minutes, um, and some of the fourth line guys not playing much, which probably detracts from their ability to, uh, you know, to to have confidence during the game. And all of a sudden, last night, it's a lot more even. the 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 guy who played the minimum amount of minutes was Phil Veroni who was sent down today, and he uh, he played almost 10 minutes. Oscar Lindblom, despite being on the fourth line, played 11 minutes. And when uh, there was a situation um, in the first period where the first-line winger uh, couldn't go out there for a little bit, Lindblom was elevated to a first-line role. So, you know, we've got a coach now who kind of understands – some of the young players it seems and look it's been only one game but you can look during the, during the game on the bench Dave Hackston would just stand there stoic sort of not talking to anybody Scott Gordon's like the opposite he's emotional mm-hmm. he gets down there and he talks to players during the game and you know it's uh, it was interesting Gord came out and said that Travis Sanheim's elevated ice time was as much a um, as much as from input from new assistant coach, Rick Wilson, as it was from Gordon. But whatever the reason, seeing that happen, it just makes people people feel better about things. Shane Gossespierre scored a really nice goal on a good pass from Nolan Patrick. Both those guys have been struggling. And so everything kind of came together for that game last night. I know it was against the Red Wings, who are not a great team. But there's just so much to be positive about with Scott Gordon because he knows these players and – you know, we'll, we'll, let's talk about this later in the show about some phantoms that might come up. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Phil Myers will be up soon because Scott Gordon knows him. He's coached him for the last two seasons. So I'm very excited about Scott Gordon taking over on an interim basis for however long it is. And uh, I hope that, you know, he just continues to succeed.
0: Yeah, one thing I noticed last night when I'm watching the game, and you touched on it there, was just his whole demeanor behind the bench. It was... It was a guy, uh, the one image that sticks out of my head is him just kind of, you know, his foot was on the bench and he's leaning into the ear of, I believe, Jake Voracek. And he was actually coaching, like he was telling him what he saw and how to adjust to whatever was going on on the ice. And that's something that we never really saw from Dave Axel. You're right. He was just statuesque behind the bench. You know, he would just watch the game. And it's almost like, you know, the adjustments that you never really saw many adjustments in game And you, you, you kind of, I mean, look, I, I not that I feel bad at all for Dave Hacksaw, but for whatever was said when Ron Hacksaw was fired, you know, it is what it is. Somewhat, I feel, you never feel good for a guy that gets fired, but that's not really the point here. The point is that Scott Gordon, and you don't know what's going to happen down the line if he's going to be here for, you know, on a permanent basis after this season. I honestly, I don't know how much I buy into the fact that he's going to be the head coach for the rest of this season. I, you know, Joel Quinville's a name that's out there. There's all these reports that the flyers want him. Chuck Fletcher said at his press conference on Monday that he hasn't even spoken to Quinville in two years, other than a tech. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. I, 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 I can't believe that either. Um, you know, he said other than a text message when he got fired from Chicago. There's some contractual issues that, that he has right now with Chicago. They have to ask for permission, but not that Chicago would probably say no. But as far as Scott Gordon goes, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's this is a guy that's used to coaching this, the what is really kind of the, the young core of this team. You know, Oscar Limbaugh, you bring up, you know, there's... Travis Sanham has already giving him more playing time, and that's that's something that we have been screaming about for like a year and a half now. That Dave Haxel would not do. It's just he favored the veteran guys because either for a lack of trust or you know just an inability to see what was in front of him from some of these players. And there's going to be a feeling out process here in the next couple of weeks. He's going to you know really evaluate kind of everybody. When you bring up the even ice time, you know, I think that might tail off a little bit once he, you know, once he builds a certain trust in certain players and sees what guys are better in certain situations. But right now he's coming into this thing blind. You know, it's not like he's been sitting at home with a lot of chances to watch the Flyers. He's had a full-time coaching job with the Phantoms, and he's done a, you know, he's done a good job with the Phantoms since he's been in charge down there. and. This right now, during this transitional period for the Flyers, and they're not, it's not like they're buried in the standings. They, you know, they're at the bottom, but they're not buried in points. They could turn this thing around, and Scott Gordon could be the guy to, you know, turn them around and and get them on a nice playoff run and at least get them in the playoffs. Two weeks ago, I was all but sure that the Flyers were dead in the water and they're not going to make the playoffs. But, you know, if Scott Gordon, you know, if the trends that we saw last night, and granted, it's only one game, but if he, keeps up and the fact that he comes into this thing just totally unbiased with the players and he's just going you know that he's just going to play the guys that he believes give him the best chance to win games because right now he's coaching for a job you know he, everybody that's a coach in the AHL I'm sure aspires to be an NHL head coach and the Flyers are a very should be a very sought after job by by coaching free agents out there. He's just dropped into a really great situation with a lot of talented young players and a general manager that if you listen to what he says is motivated to turn this thing around this year, not, you know, he's not looking ahead to next year. He's looking at what's in front of him right now. He wants the flyers in the playoffs this year. So right now everything is, um, is oddly positive for the flyers and, when I really see, when I'm watching the game last night, I couldn't help but just feel that there was just this weight that was lifted off of my shoulders. But you know, looking behind the bench and not seeing Dave Hacksaw, it's like there was this dark cloud hanging above the Flyers, and this strong gust of wind named Chuck Fletcher just comes in and blows it out of the way. And now there's some sunshine and there's some rainbows. Some butterflies are flying around. I don't know how long this feeling is going to last, but right now it feels pretty damn good.
1: You know what would be hilarious is if Scott Gordon wins like nine of his next 10 games as coach, he's Mm -hmm. playing Travis Sanheim and Oscar Lindblom. They call Phil Myers. They're all playing great. Everyone's happy. And then the Flyers hire Joel Gwenville, which is what everybody wants right now. And then everyone is mad. Because Scott Gordon has been doing such a good job. Like, that would be the epitome of being a Flyers fan. It really would. But uh, would. but actually, you know, what, what might be a great scenario is if, because everyone wants Joel Quendell, and there was that article that came out from Dave Isaac, which said that they were hiring him, and then I guess things fell through. But, you know, maybe Scott Gordon comes up, makes some changes, gets things going in the right direction, and then... The rumors have been that Joel Quenville maybe wanted to wait until after the holiday season to, be, to rejoin the NHL coach, either that or after the season's over. So, But let's say it's the holiday season. Let's say Scott Gordon comes in, does a really good job. They could hire Joel Quenville as head coach and then retain Scott Gordon as an assistant coach. I don't know if he would want to go from being a head coach in the AHL to an assistant coach in the NHL. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has been a head coach in the NHL before. I mean, he was the head coach of the, the New York Islanders for a couple of years, I think from 2009 to 2011. So, you know, I don't know what Scott Gordon's goals are, but maybe we get a scenario where he's assistant coach under Joel Quenville and it's kind of like the best of, of both worlds. But... Um, you know, it's these are fun things to think about with, with Dave Hackstall gone because as you said, it's so nice not having to worry about having Hackstall behind the bench making what we perceive as bad decisions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh it just it's I just even do in the podcast, I feel much more relaxed. I mean, we're you know, it's it's a just a it's it's <laughs> there's so much talent on this team that you feel like a change like this could really get things going for this team. I mean, look, they were the hardest game back from a long West Coast road trip is that first game at home because you're still dealing with a, bit, a little bit of jet lag, and it's just something about that first game back home. You're, you've just gotten back home. You you see your wife, your girlfriend, whatever, and that first game's tough. But the Flyers played arguably their best game of the season against Detroit, and like they've got two more games at home coming up uh, tomorrow night against Nashville
0: Big game. is going to
1: be a real tough test. And then Saturday against Columbus and Sunday at the Rangers. So they've got three more games this week and it's going to be very telling uh, to see what happens. But you kind of get the sense that this team might be ready to go on a, a little run here coming up is what, it, was what I would think. And this was, I think we're getting to about the same time as they went on their run last year. Uh, with their big winning streak, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here coming up.
0: One thing I've said for a couple weeks now, when we're talking about making a coaching change, is you get the right guy in here that knows what to do with the talent that's in front of them, and the Flyers could make some noise. But now, you know, now the coaching change has been made, and you've, you already saw some positives from from Scott Gordon in his first game. But now you know it's really now it's really on Chuck Fletcher because the big glaring issue with the Flyers lineup right now is the goaltender. And for this team to truly make a run, for this team to truly, you know, be in the playoff mix and be in the playoff hunt and to make a serious run in the playoffs, they need a good goalie because what they have right now last night um you know no no shock no no surprises here last night Carter Hart makes his debut ends up being the sixth goalie that the Flyers have used this season which is bizarre and i believe it was a record i think it's a franchise record for most goalies used in a single season um and that's just you know that's that's telling for where for why the Flyers are in the position that they're in right now a lot of it was coaching but the other big issue was goaltending. And that's the biggest thing for Scott Fletcher, or I'm sorry for Chuck Fletcher right now is to get a viable goalie in here that can, you know, that that's been there and done that. And we've said it last week. We mentioned names, Jimmy Howard, Jake Allen, um, you know, Corey Crawford was a name that was thrown around, but now he has a concussion. You know, Sergei Bobrovsky a name's out there, but there's going to be a lot you'd have to commit to a guy like that if you go and trade for him. There are names out there, and you, you just have to trust in Chuck Fletcher to get the right guy. Um, one thing I will say about Chuck Fletcher, when I was listening to his news conference on Monday, I, I feel like he's a guy that doesn't bring any BS to the table when he's answering questions, and you know, the the, the big question that was asked of him was, you know, how long do you see Scott Gordon being the head coach of the Flyers? When you say interim, is that, you know, two weeks? Is that two months? Is that the rest of the year? And, you know, any general manager, any front office person in any sport, you take what they say with a grain of salt. But, you know, he said, "I, I, I expect him to be around for the rest of the season. But he also said that he told Scott Gordon that he's not promising him anything. That, you know, he is definitely a candidate for the job, but he told him that he, he doesn't know what he's looking for in a head coach, and that he's assured Scott Gordon that this is as temporary a job as it gets right now. And if Scott Gordon runs away with it, if Scott Gordon takes his team to the playoffs and they go to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals or something, then, you know, likely he gets the job, but... I just I, I like how upfront he is, not only with Scott Gordon, but with the fan base right now, the media, just saying that this is the situation we're in, and he's very upfront that he's been on the phones, making calls, trying to make moves. The um, the roster freeze has obviously happened, so that's no, it's be, tonight. Is it? T- I thought it was. At,
1: no, it's I, at eleven fifty nine p.m. tonight, depending uh, on when this podcast airs. But there's still we're recording about seven o'clock here on. Wednesday night, so there's still about five hours left for uh, teams to make trades.
0: I thought it was like a four o'clock deal, but even Uh. so, I mean, so he's probably, if you believe with what he's been saying, he's probably on the phones right now calling every team. He says he's called just about every team in the league, seeing what's available, what's out there, what interest they have in his team, in his players. So, you know, if nothing gets done, this you know before the deadline for the for the roster freeze you have to believe that within the first week or two when the rosters open back up after the holiday something gets done he has to get somebody a goalie in here to you know really take this team in the right direction but i you know we like i said we know, we know the names that's out there what he gets is what he gets and we'll just have to live with it for better or worse but I, I, f- I see no better time to talk about the. I, depending on who you are, and if you know, if you're the Twitter fangirls and the Twitter creeps out there, the um, the Savior arrived last night, Dan. I don't know if you knew this or not. That you were you aware that Carter Hart played last night.
1: I I heard a a, a few rumblings of uh, the Carter Hart played last night. Yes.
0: Let me tell you something. First of all, I didn't really grasp the you know the, the bigness i guess if that's a word of the situation when i saw the no, that's not a word it's no, not sure, by the <laughs> okay. way no I don't think I, so. I, i'll i'll rephrase i didn't i didn't grasp the gravity how about the
1: enormity okay. Oh, gravity would be fine yeah
0: either way it works but i didn't grasp just how big the situation was when i saw the update that carter hart was recalled by the flyers from the phantoms and then it finally sank in. Like, this is it. This is what we, as a fan base, has been waiting for for, like, two years now. And me and you have talked about him at exhaustion, and there he is last night making his NHL debut. His parents are there. His billet dad was there, who I watched the game at a bar, so for the longest, till I got home, I thought that was his father, and I was trying to, you know, think of the science behind – How old, you know, how he has a 20-year-old son, but it doesn't matter.
1: Don't strain yourself thinking too hard, you know. You you, you just never know. You
0: You never know these days, but... It's true. Twitter fell in love with his mom. Twitter's already fallen in love with him. Dan, you, you have been as big a Carter Hart fan as there is. So for you last night to finally see Carter Hart in an orange and black jersey, that's not a prospect game. That's not a preseason game. That's a real deal. NHL game, regular season, what did you feel? What did you see? Was it everything you hoped it'd be and more?
1: So, you know, Carter Hart is, uh, for anyone that reads my prospect rankings, I had him number one on the Flyers prospect list. And, you know, my write-up of him started up by saying that there's a strong case to be made that he is the best North American-based goaltending prospect in the history of hockey. If you look at the statistics, no one compares with him. He he was also the first WHL player to win three goaltender of the year awards. He was also the first player to win two Canadian Hockey League goaltender of the year awards. Um, and that comprises all three Canadian junior leagues. I mean, he... He Last year, he led the the WHL with a 1.60 goals against average, and he, he set a single-season record with a 947 save percentage. I mean, he literally was as good a goaltender as the Canadian juniors have ever seen. He won a gold medal with Canada in the World Junior Championships. I mean, there's... You know, he basically has everything going for him. Um, and, you know, he... Uh, He came in this year. A lot of people wanted him to start the season with the Flyers, but probably the majority of folks realize that he probably needs some seasoning in the minors because most goaltenders do. And he started off very slowly in the minor leagues. Um, But over the last five games, he's been very impressive in the AHL. And so you've got a situation where almost all the Flyers goalies are injured. Um, and, you know, they almost, some people thought that they were calling up hard Hart heart is kind of like a diversionary tactic to get people, a, with, you know, not focusing on the fact that everything seemed to be in disarray with the GM being fired and the head coach, no one knew what was going on. Um, but, uh, you know, they called him up and he got the start and he was very good. I mean, he's, You know, look, Carey Price made his NHL debut when he was, I think, 20 years old. Um, Andre Vasilevsky, I think, was 20 years old. So despite the fact that everyone kind of freaks out about rushing him, he's. uh, if you look at some of the best goaltenders in the NHL this day and age, a lot of them were making their debuts at ages 20 and 21. So, um, you know, I think that uh, it was – it's not – not crazy that they called him up. He might go back down soon. But in any event, getting to the game last night, look, the, the, the Flyers didn't allow that many good scoring opportunities. They played very good defense in front of Carter Hart. I mean, we've been complaining all season long that the Flyers are just letting people get into the slot unmarked. And you didn't really see that last night. They, the Flyers were all over Red Wings players near the crease and near Carter Hart, and they were being protective of him, which which is a good thing. He made some big saves early on. When it was 0-0 early on, he made a couple really big saves to to, to keep the Red Wings off the scoreboard. And um, he made the saves he had to make. I mean, the goals that were scored against him, the, the, the first one was a perfect shot on the power play where he was screened. The second one, you know, was a bang-bang play from behind the net to in front of the net that beat him five-hole. Um, you know, look, my my one concern about Carter Hart is that he does play kind of small in net. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, he's not kind of like a prototypical huge goalie. That's, you know, you look at like a, a Peccarine or a Vasilevsky. He's, he's not like that. He doesn't take up quite as much room, but in terms of mental focus and simply tracking the puck, Carter Hart is probably the best goalie in the juniors that I've ever seen. His, he is always aware of what's going on. His, his focus is top-notch, and he's very athletic, but he, he doesn't come across as very athletic because he's always in position. So it was, and furthermore, like you said, it was just so nice seeing his family there, and it was just, it, it added to the atmosphere of just kind of like these great emotions that were going on. Um, and, uh, and, you know, again, if, if they trade for a goalie, which, again, I don't know who's out there. I mean, Jimmy Howard was a guy we talked about last week on the show, mm. and he's uh, he injured himself in mm. warm-ups yesterday. So I, wow. it's like I don't know who was out there. Uh, I could see them, you know, giving Carter Hart a chance in the next few weeks to see if he could start for the rest of the year. I'm not convinced that he would be uh, – he, he, he's 20. He's probably not going to be an above-average NHL goalie the rest of the year. But um, – you know, they they may give him a chance to uh, to run the starting job right
0: now. That's like the one thing that fans just like. If he gets that chance, what fans really have to just be wary of that he's not going to come in and be an all star goalie. He's not going to be everything he can be year one as a twenty year old thrown into the fire basically in the middle of what is really shaping up right now or has been to this point one of the most disappointing flyer seasons in a long time um i did a little bit of searching dan and since the night the start of the 97 98 season how many different goaltenders do you think the flyers have started or has it started at least one game for the flyers since when since the beginning of the 97-98 season, the year after they went to the Stanley Cup. So, level. in the
1: last 20 years, how yep. many goalies have started in a game? Yes. I don't know. 50?
0: No. Um, Carter Hart was the 26th goalie. 26th. Okay. In that time. You know, I'm
1: thinking there's been six this season, which obviously isn't the norm,
0: but. Yeah. Um so yeah, Carter Hart was the 26th goalie in the last 20 years to start at least one game for the Flyers. There have been 28 overall that have played in a game for the Flyers. The name, like, when I went over the names, you have to laugh at, at, at a, like, I, I forgot so, so many of these guys. The one that, like, I really, like, you look at a guy like Maxime Wallet and what the well, Flyers... That was disaster. Yeah, what the Flyers thought he was going to be and just never was and... There was the guys, you know, that showed flashes of brilliance. Brian Boucher, everybody thought he was the one with that playoff run in 2000 and never panned out to be what we thought he was going to be. And Carter Hart, one game in, I don't really have any complaints. I'm with you on playing small and net. I think he goes down a little too quick. Um You know, in the NHL, you'll see the guys, you know, they they pick up on that when the goalie drops, you know, drops to the butterfly too quick. You know, they'll throw it over the glove hand, over the blocker. They'll hit the corners. They're that good in this league. And that's something that they'll have to work on them with. But the one thing that just stood out to me so much and whenever the puck was in the flyer zone, I really tried to pinpoint my focus on him to see, you know, just. His overall demeanor in this big moment, and we've talked in the past about how he's been seeing sports psychologists since, you know, he was like 10. And the one thing that is just so prominent in his game and one thing you notice is just how calm he is in net and his poise, you know, he doesn't he doesn't seem to get flustered. And you see, you saw with a minute left, they have, they have a one-goal lead. Detroit's bringing it heavy in the Flyers zone and he he, he looked like he's been there you know for 15 years he, he didn't look he was in position the whole time the kids lightning quick which I think isn't talked about enough and I haven't seen a lot of him in real game situation but just last night you know he, he's quick and he. he You were right. His positioning is so sound and the way that he finds the puck through bodies when there's traffic in front, you know, he has all the makings to be a great goalie. It's just, you know, right now it's one game into his NHL career and anything can happen. But he has as many intangibles as, you know, he has more intangibles than a lot of other goalies that come up through the ranks have. And if the Flyers play their cars right, if they give him the right coaching, if they find... You know, they find the parts of his game that need to be worked on and work on them. I don't see any reason why Carter Hart is going to fall victim to a Brian Boucher or a Maxime Wallet and be one of those guys. I think that he has something special, and you just you watch him after the game with, with the media, and it's like he's been there, done that, and that's so— you know, for the first time since I've seen him talk to the media, you know, he kind of showed like a human side. He's almost kind of robotic when he talks because he's just all about business. And, you know, you saw the emotions when Taryn Hatcher was asking him about his mom and telling her, telling him that, you know, she was in tears watching him play. And, you know, you saw the human side of Carter Hart, not so much the robotic side. And that's good. And the city already loves him. And I think the, the, the team played inspired in front of them, and they, there was plenty of inspiration for the team last night with the new coach and now the rookie goaltender that I've dubbed the franchise. People have called him the savior, whatever you want to call him. Carter Hart di- didn't disappoint last night, and he wasn't perfect by any means, but... For if you want encouragement, if you want something to look forward to in the future, and I don't know what's going to happen, I don't see any reason why the Flyers shouldn't. You know, he's up here. You have a couple of games here where you're playing some pretty talented teams. See what he's got, because what's the alternative right now? It's 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 not it's not great. You know, what are you going to do? Throw, you're going to throw Michael Nyberg out there to tear his hamstring apart in the first period, and now he's bringing him in in the middle of a game. So just see what he's got. You know, if you want to test him against Nashville coming up tomorrow night, is that something you would do?
1: Oh, I'm sure he's going to start against Nashville. I mean, I, you know, they've got back-to-back games coming up this weekend, but um, I assume he'll probably only play one of those. But, yeah, I mean, look, he's – Michael Moyworth, I guess, is the other healthy goalie for the Flyers right now. I I would have to think that Carter Hart's going to get the start again tomorrow night. Um, you know, it's, it's funny talking about him being robotic. So he's – you know, he's a fan favorite already. And part of it is, you know, I'm sure, is his. Uh, he kind of looks like the, uh, I don't know how many Backstreet Boys there were, four or five or whatever, but he kind of <laughs> looks like the fifth member of the Backstreet Boys. You know, I mean, he's got, he's got like boyish good looks. Um, the ladies love him. You can see on Twitter. I mean, it's, uh, it's you know, he's, he's, he's very popular. And um, bigger than his Beatlemania pers- right now. Yeah. His personality is very endearing. But you're right. He's very focused, and and sort of goes along with that as robotic. And his mom, you know, in the interview, his mom was talking about how ever since he's been four years old, his dream has been being a NHL goaltender. I mean, think about that. When I was yeah. four years old, I don't even know what the hell I was doing. I probably wanted to be like a fireman, or <laughs> I don't. I had no idea what the hell was going on. See, this Carter Hart, since the age of four, has wanted to be an NHL goalie, and he everything in his life has been focused on that goal he's had like a child psychologist since the age of i don't know 10 or 11 or something he's had a he's had a sports psychologist to help him along um he is he's just super focused of course we could be talking like you know 10, 10 20 years from now he could be the one who has like a complete schizo break because he's he strikes me as someone who's so tightly wound um, in a singular pursuit of his goal, but um, but hopefully he'll go the other way where he he's able to learn to maybe relax a little bit as he gets older. Um, but either way, what he's been doing so far has worked because of the success that he's had. So, you know, I I, I think we need to sit back and understand that there's going to be growing pains with an NHL goalie. Absolutely. The expectations are, are, are probably way too high right now. Um, and national could come in tomorrow night and, you know, beat the flyers five to two, because they're one of the best teams in the league. But either way, the long-term outlook for Carter Hart is, 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 is super optimistic. And he's a very likable person. Uh, he's an emotional person. He's, we saw as winning the gold medal with canada uh his mental makeup what you see right there because two years ago he was not great in that for team canada in the world shooters and then last year he went in there and they they won the championship with him and he was fantastic so there's nothing not to like about carter hart and we just kind of have to have to Ride what's probably going to be a little bit of a roller coaster with him, knowing that the young goalies are like that. But it's it's very fun talking about him and talking about Scott Gordon and talking about Travis Sandheim getting you know 21 minutes in the game. I mean, it's all fun things to talk about.
0: I think um, Carter Hart kind of gets his poise, I guess you'd say, or his calmness from his mom more so than his dad. His dad was a uh, his dad was a wreck. Yeah, his dad was pacing back and forth, and he says that's common for his dad. His dad never sits still. He can never watch the game. And there's his mom invested in, you know, every shot. And so I guess that's where that's where he gets that from. But you brought up a good point, and I never really thought about this. And I'm almost afraid to make not, – not to make this comparison, but to bring up a certain other past Flyers goalie – you know, you never really with these young players that have so much expectation and especially a player like Carter Hart, who, you know, we've already talked about, has been focused on this one goal literally his entire life. And especially from a hockey aspect, when you're growing up as a hockey player, you're always you always want to be the guy that scores the big goal. Everyone wants to be the goal scorer. So from four years old to want to be the goalie, it's, it's, it's a different mindset already. But one thing with these prodigies and these guys that have all these expectations, you wonder how they're going to eventually handle success if it comes. And, you know, Carter Hart is only 20 years old. He, you know, he's tasted success at the junior level, at, you know, the world junior level and things like that. But he's never tasted success at the ultimate, you know, at the pinnacle of his sport. And that's what the NHL is, obviously. And this isn't, you know... It's not like he's playing in Florida or San Jose or something like that, you know, a city where you know they 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 know the team's there, but they don't they aren't as invested you know he's playing in one of the top three to five hockey crazed cities in the league in Philadelphia, and he's playing the one position that we have been praying for for decades now, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles the success if it comes if he ends up being what we expect him to be and what we hope he is you know how he handles the success of being recognized in one of the biggest cities in the country you know it it is the philadelphia is a top four sports market in the country for all sports not just hockey so and we've seen and here's where i you know I, I almost don't want to go here, but we've seen success with goalies, mainly Pelly Lindbergh, how they handle success, a guy that just likes to go out, party, have a good time, and he saw how that happened. And I'm not saying that Carter Hart is going to be that at all. The kid can't even legally drink yet. but And I'm not saying he's going to, you know, succumb to those types of vices. But everybody handles success differently. And if any... if. If he is as focused as we see, we obviously see he is. If he could keep that focus, then great. But you know, like you said, he could be the guy that twenty years from now just you know loses it. And I don't think that'll happen. I don't expect it to happen, but the possibility is there. So that's what's. It's good that the Flyers are such a good uh, organization from that standpoint with supporting their players. You know, we when I had the interview with Nick Boynton earlier in the year when he said that, you know, Paul Holmgren saved his life. The Flyers care about their players. And you saw when Jeff Carter and Mike Richards were here, all the help the Flyers tried to give them to get away from what they were doing because they were two guys that dealt with success in their own way. And they went out to L.A., won Stanley Cups, and they're probably doing just as much cocaine as they were doing here. So... But I don't. I don't. Yeah,
1: I yeah. Mean, I no. I mean, I Carter Hart is not true. I guess you never know what what someone is actually like. But Carter Hart seems to me about as straight edge as he could possibly get. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like he hasn't had a, tr- a sip of alcohol in his entire life. Like he strikes me as somebody who is, like I said, has had a single minded focus his entire life to become an NHL goaltender. And he probably has a very as most goaltenders do, a very uh, strict routine that he follows. I I think you, you know, I, I think there's a zero percent chance that he becomes like some kind of like party animal or anything like that. And I think that if if he experiences success from day one in his career, I think there's no issues at all. I mean, I think that would be phenomenal. I think the issue could come in if if things don't start going his way. And for whatever reason, maybe you know, his his talent level faced with NHL shooters at such a young age maybe doesn't match up and he starts having some struggles, then we're gonna see what he's really made out of. But I'm not really Honestly, I'm not really concerned about him from a mental perspective. He seems like an absolute bedrock. Um, you know, I my really honestly, my only concern is is uh, you know his size and seeing how he adapts to the pace of NHL play. But I think um, I, I think it's more likely than not that that the Flyers have probably found their franchise goalie with him.
0: What's great about that too is he's only 20 years old. So, I mean. You really think about it for like the next 15 years, he could be the guy because he's so young. You know, you look at him at 35 and he could still be, you know, just the guy for the Flyers, which would be tremendous because we haven't had it in however many years before that. Everyone has their own benchmark. I guess Ron Hexall is the last one that really had any kind of success for the Flyers for a long, you know, a long tenure. With You know, at goalie position, but 15 years of Carter Hart would be tremendous, and it's game one. It's year one, not even the full one yet, so we'll see where it goes, but you wanted to talk about, you know, now that Scott Gordon is at the helm and behind the bench for the Flyers— One thing you can't really ignore is the guys that he was just coaching in Lehigh Valley with the Phantoms, and that's a successful team, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They had a good playoff run last year, and now we'll start to see, you know, again, it's, it's on Chuck Fletcher a little bit to see what moves he can make to kind of better this roster. Goalie's obviously the number one problem, but there's... There's talented players down in the Phantoms that could come up here and help the Flyers. Number one, obviously, in my book would be Phil Myers. There's other, you know, there's players that you like as well. So who do you think, if, if anybody, if let's, let's take the trade aspect out of it. Who could come up from the Phantoms that you like and help this team in the short term? You know, turn this thing around and start stringing some wins together.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely a couple guys down at the Phantoms where Scott Gordon has been coaching this season that I think will likely see called up to the Flyers in the coming weeks slash months. And so the first one, as you mentioned, is Phil Myers. I mean, he's, he's one of the best defense prospects in the league right now. And he's having a pretty good season. He's got 16 points in 26 games. By all accounts, he's kind of been a little bit inconsistent. Some games he's the best player on the ice. Some games he's not good at all but we're talking about a uh you know was he like a six four you know six 210 pound defenseman who can skate and play offense and he's good positionally I think it's just a matter of time before Phil Myers is called up maybe to take Andrew McDonald's spot in the Spartan starting lineup another guy that I think we'll see who we already saw once this season is Nicholas Aube-Kubel. He's. Uh, Last year, he's a pretty young player. Last year, he was fifth or sixth in the AHL on even strength points, and I think he's got a great profile to be a really good fourth-line player for the Flyers. He was called up this season, but I thought he was good, but Dave Haxtell, for whatever reason, only played him for like four to five minutes a game, if that. Uh, He's got 13 points in 18 games down at Lehigh Valley, and he also plays with some grit in his game. So, I would not be surprised to see him called up. Um, another guy is Mark Friedman, who's a defenseman who's, who's steadily improving. He's got 11 points in 26 games. He's His compete level is off the charts. He's a guy that eventually we could see up. And then, you know, another guy who was up earlier in the season who has got nine points in 14 games since getting sent down is Mikhail Vrobiev. I mean, he was great in, in training camp. And the Flyers started with him in their starting roster as their third-line center. He had a couple bad games, and Dave Haxtall stopped using him, and he was sent back down. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Vorobiev back up. So those are the guys. Myers, Albe Kubel would be the main two. And then I think that Friedman and Vorobiev maybe we'll see also up at some point this season. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I would look for coming up from the Phantoms, and combined with those guys, and then the guys like Sandheim and Lindblom, who will probably get more ice time with with Scott Gordon, I think it's something that, that Flyers fans are really going to enjoy.
0: So taking out, obviously, the goalie position, now we look ahead to possible trades. Again, it's about 7.30 on Wednesday, so we're like three and a half hours away or, or so from the, uh, I'm sorry, like four and a half hours away from the Roster freeze for the NHL. So obviously taking goalie out of of the equation, if I look at it, if I'm improving this roster, first thing I'm trying to do for the Flyers is get them help up the middle, get them some depth at the center position, because we've seen already this year Sean Couturier go down with an injury. He started, you know, he got injured in training camp. We know his knee problems dating back to the playoff run last year. So... Once he, you know, at any at any point, once Sean Couture in particular gets injured, if he goes out for any amount of time, even if it's just a week, it throws the lineup in kind of disarray because now you're moving Drew off the wing and putting him at center, or you're moving Patrick up to the first line, and then everything underneath that, you know, there's just there's not enough talent there to supplement the middle of the roster. So that's, I mean, if you're if you're asking me, they have to get somebody in there to to just bolster that position, to give them more depth up the middle. I don't know what would be available at this point. You know, you obviously look to the teams that are that are hurting to see what they have. Um, you know, obviously is a guy that a lot of fans want. Just a just a goal scorer. I, I've been saying for a while the Flyers just need a pure goal scorer. I you know, I'm done you know, having the 200-foot player like a Claude Giroux is nice. It's obviously, you know, it's it's what he's based his entire career off of, and he is as good as they come at doing so. And, you know, Sean Couture is another one to fly, but that's the thing. The Flyers have so many of these 200-foot players that can play well in both ends. I really just want a guy, Dan, that is just really good in the offensive zone and, I don't even care. I don't care if he's a liability defensively. I want a guy that gets the puck on a stick and just wants to score. I just, I, I, I yearn for that. It's so bad because I love the 200 foot guys. I, you know, you need those guys. But when your entire team, for the most part, is made up of those players, it, it, it kind of becomes, you know, a detriment at times because you don't, when, when you need the big goal at, you know, if you're down one or, now if you're down two going into the third period, you need those big goals. You need the guy in overtime or something. When you need that big goal, you don't know who it's coming from. If you get the guy that just thinks scoring, you know where the sh- you know where the pucks going and you know that he's going to deliver for you. So that's if you're asking me trade-wise, how you improve this team other than goalie, help up the middle at center, and getting them a goal scorer, it will go a long way in getting this team into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the roster freezes tonight, so by the time of most people that are probably listening to the show will probably be past that point. But if you ask me right now, what the most likely types of trades the Flyers would make would be would be, I think that guys that they would try and move would be Wayne Simmons for one. You know, we've talked about this. Simmons is an rest- unrestricted free agent coming up at the end of the season, and it's highly unlikely that the Flyers are going to want to pay the money to keep him around. Although you know, the more and more that Simmons kind of struggles this season, you know, right now he's got um, he's got 10 goals and 4 assists in 32 games. So he's not even a, uh, a half a point a game guy and he's a minus 11, which any cell executives look at. He obviously has a lot of physicality that he brings to the table and he's coveted by a lot of teams. So I just, I don't see the Flyers re-signing him because I don't think they're going to value him as highly as some other teams might. So they're probably going to look to trade him. And he's a guy that could get a lot of value. I mean, the, the Maple Leafs are a team that needs some toughness up front and maybe a little bit of scoring punch. And so people have talked about the Flyers, sending Wayne Simmons to Toronto. But the, the guy that most people talk about getting in return there is Kasperi Kapanen, who's a, a just like his dad, who played for the Flyers, Sammy Kapanen, uh, Kasperi's a good two-way forward. He's very fast, but he's not going to light the world on fire with, with goals. I mean, he's probably a third or fourth-line player. I think, you know, most people think that the Flyers could use it, a, a defenseman to add to the ranks. And you talk about guys like jake muzzin's been brought up from the la kings i think he would be a really nice addition but the la kings aren't going to want someone like wayne simmons the la kings are going to want some young prospects uh, so that's where chuck Fletcher is gonna have to decide which young prospects he's willing to trade and which ones he isn't but um you know jake vortex a guy they've talked about maybe moving uh or fans have talked about it you For him, you'd probably need to get in return something like a Vladimir Tarasenko from the the St. Louis Blues. And so people have talked about making a trade with the Blues. But the Blues have been playing a a little bit better of late. They beat Edmonton pretty handily last night. So I'm not sure they're going to want to trade guys like Tarasenko and uh, Colton Pareko or Jaden Schwartz, who are kind of players the Flyers fans have talked about. Like, it's really tough to make a trade at this point in the season. Because the teams that are in contention for the playoffs don't want to give up roster players necessarily. And the teams that are struggling really only want prospects. So it's, it's a weird mix. And there's not many goalies available out there either. It's, again, it seems like every time the Flyers are thinking about a goalie, or at least we're thinking about a goalie from the Flyers' perspective, they get injured. Corey Crawford was a guy we thought about because he's only got one year left on his contract but he got a concussion the other night. Jimmy Howard's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, which I don't even know what the Flyers would want, because who knows if uh, they're serious. You know, who knows how big their playoff chances are this season, so you probably don't want to give up a lot for a guy who's only here this year. But if you were, you're thinking about Jimmy Howard, and he was injured, uh, you know, in warm-ups against the Flyers. Apparently he's okay, but, um, you know, I don't know. I think that Simmons is the likeliest guy to get traded, either Simmons or Prospects. And the fact that the Flyers won last night might give them a little bit of rope. Maybe Chuck Fletcher's not going to wait until after the holiday freeze is over to decide whether or not to make a move.
0: Yeah. I mean, like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, everything, everything's in play right now. Everything's up in the air. You don't know what's going to happen until it happens. You know, the only thing that was kind of certain was the coaching change after Fletcher came in you, you knew it was going to happen you just didn't know when and um, i guess you're kind of in the same boat right now with the trades you know it's going to happen you don't know when you don't know who it can't be if you're if you're a member of the team it it can't be you know fun to just not know every day you know is, is this this could be my last day here but you know, they're professional athletes and that goes and that could be any year, but right now everything's heightened, obviously, with all the changes going on around the team. And I don't know; we'll see. It's 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 a big. Um, it's going to be a big month for the Flyers. You know, once this freeze is over with the rosters, the month of January is going to be really big for the Flyers. It's going to be a pivotal month for them to really turn things around. And, and get on the right track. It's going to be big for Chuck Fletcher to see what he can do to improve the team. It's going to be big for a guy like Carter Hart. If they leave him up here to just, you know, better his skills and better his abilities at the NHL level. Dan, for the first time in a while, things are trending up for the flyers and it feels weird. I don't know how really how to, how to take it. It's like, great.
1: Just enjoy yeah, it. It is. I've, hopefully I've, we don't get blown out by the predators and yeah. then everyone will be mad again.
0: But. We pro- yeah. I mean, that's, possible it's it's probably more likely than it is anything else no i'm positive i think we're gonna win see i can't i see i can't get past my cynical <laughs> pessimism yeah Oh well, whatever. so um i guess we'll wrap it up there because yeah i mean so we'll look ahead actually real quick we'll look ahead at these games coming up because I, I like to get your uh your, you frequent las vegas so for the people out there that are into the legal sports betting now in the state of New Jersey and Pennsylvania, I guess. We have the Predators tomorrow. Saturday, the Blue Jackets are in town. And then Sunday, the New York Rangers. So these three games, I'm going to have you pick them. So if people lose, they can blame you.
1: Okay, great. That's, where, that's fine with me. I've got, um, yeah, got uh, big shoulders. They can blame me. Right, let's <laughs> go with uh, so the Predators. I, I think we're gonna um oh, man. I I think we'll beat the Predators five to four in overtime. Nice. Yeah. And
0: then Heart Columbus. Gets the start.
1: Yeah, Hart's gonna get the start. Okay. And then I think maybe Saturday um, again Hart will start against Columbus. Wow. And I think how about this? I think he's going to get his first NHL shutout. We're going to win 2-0 on Saturday. Yep. Woo! I know. Damn. I know. And then uh, I think we'll start Michael Noyberth on Sunday against the Rangers and lose 10 to nothing. Uh,
0: <laughs> let me tell you something. Carter Hart gets his first shutout on his third straight start for the Flyers. That's, I think, to a lot of people, that'd be just as good as a Stanley Cup this year. Uh-huh. Let's consider where we came from to get to that point. That would be absolutely tremendous. I'm not going to bet on any of those games. I'm going to see how they play out first before I start to trust you. But for the people that like Dan and uh, like what he has to say, go ahead and uh, throw some shekels down on those games. It's legal now. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, this is your favorite part of the show. where You get to give your shameless plug. We are a few days before the holiday season of Christmas. So this is our this will be our last episode before Christmas, which is exciting. So go ahead and give your shameless plugs for all your stuff going on.
1: Yeah, so the fans can uh, follow me on Twitter at DSilver88, the 88 for Eric Lindros, and uh, check out some articles over at Uh Mark had a great article he put up today. Go check that out about, our new head coach being in a very interesting yes. music video a number <laughs> of years ago. So you got to go to phileasflyer.com and check out that article from Mark.
0: Yep. Um. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman, two ends, follow this show at underscore getting bullied. Listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play. And of course the podcast tab of phileasflyer.com. And yes, my article is there and you can see, a 1986 Scott Gordon for the Boston College Eagles in a rap video. It was big in the 80s, the the team raps and I guess the BC Eagles wanted to get in on the fun. So that's a it's a fun video to watch if you can get past the terrible video and sound quality. Also news for me, I have also uh, joined up with BrandedSports.com, where I will be covering not only hockey, not only the Flyers, hockey as a whole, and sports as a whole, branching out, seeing what else I know. They've dubbed me their hockey guy, which is big shoes to fill and nerve wracking, but it is what it is. Possible podcast coming with them, still in the works. We'll see. So check out BrandedSports.com, the stuff that I have there. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're a couple days here from Christmas. It is Christmas is Tuesday, we're a little under a week away, so for those of you out there that celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a great holiday with your family and your friends, don't drink too much, don't have too much fun, and uh, just enjoy yourself, enjoy the Flyers on their upward trend as it is right now. So, once again, Merry Christmas everybody out there, and let's go Flyers.